Welcome to the Business Legends Podcast, where we interview business leaders and entrepreneurs so that you can learn from their successes, pump up your own inspiration, and meet the people that make change happen. I'm the host of the show, Reese Arlen, accompanied by my bestie, the hostess with the mostest, who missed me last week because he was busy fixing his house and all those broken pipes and stuff like that. Oh, my but, pipes exploded. But, you know, from my perspective, I just see that as excuses. Like, Business Legends is... is it's more important than you. It just is. It just That's is. Fair. Yeah, but it's Christian. You know, he's here. He's here today. Yep, happy to be back. Yeah, welcome back, sir. And today we are accompanied by the great business legend himself, basically the president of the universe, is from what <laughs> from what I understand. But a guy that has done and seen it all, been everywhere in the world, and we're lucky enough to call a friend, Mr. John Bly with Aprio, like Apple. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, and uh, glad you're back, Christian. Wouldn't wouldn't have been the same without you. It so, thank uh, you. Thank you. Yep. That, that's, Excited! I'm I'm on this week and not last week. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I was like, I don't know if I could take so much of just one of you. <laughs> you know, I I, yeah, I definitely level him out. Yeah, yeah. Once once the coffee starts going in, I kind of you know I start to be a little bit a little bit more and more. But I was struggling last week with all setting up everything and like figuring it out all by myself. Like I was lonely. I was lonely. Why don't you love me? Well, that's why you have a partner, right? That's I mean, exactly partnerships right. are about that. There's strengths and weaknesses in business partnerships, and obviously, yep. that's part of it, right? You picked yep. him up last week when he had a personal situation, but I'm sure it happens in business for you guys all the time. That's true. And when you say strengths and weaknesses, he is the weakness, and I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no, we have we have plenty. You're absolutely right. Um, we're we're very we're very lucky, and um, you know, one of one of the things about us is that we we're best friends before business partners, and um, everybody said that. Like, oh, don't do it. Don't get into business with your best friend. Like, you'll hate each other. And I was like, I hate him now. Like, what's, <laughs> what's the difference here? But uh, enough about us. Tell us about Aprio, which which we are relatively sure is just taking over the universe. So we, we want in. Tell us all about it. Yeah. So uh, Aprio is a top 25 accounting, consulting, and advisory firm uh, headquartered in the Southeast. We have offices stretching from Florida to New York City. And then we miss a whole bunch of the middle of the country and we skip out to San Francisco and we've got an office out in uh, San Jose and San Francisco. Interesting. Uh, yeah. It goes with our tech and private equity strategy. And that so that sense. sort of fits us. And uh, we're focused on the lower middle market. Um, anything from startup entrepreneurs uh, who may be looking for growth strategy all the way to, uh, you know, the couple hundred million dollar business that's looking for an exit uh, over the next few years or a family transition. And um, we're focused more on the advisory. Uh, certainly, we do lots of tax and audit compliance, but the reality is we're in it for the relationship to help the business mm -hmm. get to whatever it wants next. And mm -hmm. that's our focus is, you know, what's next. That, that's so incredible. You know, um, one of the things that I, that I will uh, honestly tell you, I'm a big fan, by the way, if you're going to talk junk about somebody, do it to their face and not behind. So I'm going to talk Matt. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, one of the things that I find impressive about you is that um, just being real with you, I don't really have much interest in, in like accounting and stuff. I don't do the numbers. As a matter of fact, Christian can attest to this. When I first came into Business Marketing Solutions Group, I said I got one rule. I don't deal with the books. I'm just not going to do it. Like I'm not going to do it. They make me cry. I have to. I have to. You know, sing my sing myself little songs to sleep in, and pour wine and, and cuddle up in a blanket. And I can't do it. But, um, you know, even from the from the first moment that I met you, number one, you make it very exciting, and number two, you go back into into one of these um, I'll call it just business acumen type skills, which is relationships. You know. Um, what what you effectively do is accounting, but what you said is that you know you work on this relationship to develop a consulting type manner, and so your target not only expands but it strengthens on that as well. So um, can you speak to that? Do you have any? Um, and I don't I don't know if you've done any um, 
any any work on this. I'm sure you have with your. By the way, hold on. So he is like the grandmaster of all things EO, and he's been an EO for 15 years, but he has the 30 year shirt. So so he is he is that important. They doubled his time in EO. I volunteered so much it counted as two years. Yeah, sometimes. yeah. You're two for one. The two for one special. <laughs> so um, have you done any um, you know looking back at like company values, company whatever uh, shift type of, types of stuff? With Aprio. Yeah, certainly. I mean, if you look at like values, if, if you're not talking about the business value, if you're talking about the values of the way they actually uh, operate, mm-hmm. we, spend, we spend a lot of time internally. But from our clients' perspective, we actually spend time with them thinking about what they want to do over the next three to five years and what they've done in the past. And right, certain sizes, you guys are a growing business, certain sizes cause challenges. Sure. And we've seen enough of that history to say, here's the things we think you're going to expect. Doesn't happen every time, right? But you know, probably the 80-20 rule, 80% of the businesses deal with these particular issues at certain mm-hmm. sizes, and we can help them get in front of it. And some of it is uh, you know, value-based stuff in the fact that maybe you didn't need to be as specific about the values when you were five people, but when you're 50 people, it's a little bit more important when, you, when you're hiring at a pace that's pretty rapid that you can't always mm-hmm. even know as the entrepreneur, founder, owner, leadership team, whatever, that you don't even know all the people you got to be able to instill it in some way that they understand the value and where the business is headed. Are you telling me a uh, growth plan and accounting matters when you have a business? <laughs> <laughs> what? It does. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a you know, random thing to, to learn today, but yes. <laughs> I love it. I, I really uh, do, man. So how did you come up? So I was looking at your website, and there's just so much stalker, stuff on there. Stalker. So how, how did you get so many services inside of your business at, and still, still providing a high quality? Uh, expertise. It is a people business. So you find the people and then add the service. Does that make sense? So like, instead of saying, instead of saying, uh, you know, Hey, look, we really want to get into this business. We're going to take a non-expert and make them an expert in that, in that particular service line. We never did that. We always found the expert and brought them to the business, whether they were internal or external. Um, and that's consistently how we've grown. We've also looked at it, uh, primarily starting with, what do the clients need? What are we constantly hearing from clients? What are their pain points? And if we can find a way to solve them, it makes us stickier, right? It's less likely they're going to, but it also provides value to the client, which is the number one thing. If it doesn't provide value to the client, then why are we doing it? Mm-hmm. So then we say, okay, that's XYZ service. Uh, in one case, it's merchant services, for instance, that we do. And the merchant services provides a lot of value to the client because it saves them money. It also saves them effort, time, all that sort of stuff. Headaches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's streamlined with their accounting the way we do it. And so the reality is then we had to go like find the expert. Poetry in motion, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Then we had yeah. to go find the expert, right. right? So we didn't just start it. We said, here's the service the clients are complaining about. Here's the pain point who's the experts that we know in our circle, and then we chase for 6, 12, 18, 24 months until that person believes that we're the right fit or that, you know, maybe we're chasing 10 or 15 people until the right person decides that, you know, come join Aprio. Then we do, then we launch the service. So that's sort of how we go about making that decision. That, that's an incredible model. Um, I, it, uh, I always, when I, when I listen to people in, in every form of entrepreneur, no matter, no matter what scale, um, I feel like there's always like like little kernels of knowledge and nuggets of truth, and and I'm I'm a big believer that success leaves clues as well. But one of the things that I that I overheard you say is that when you when you take on a new client, one of the first thing one of the first things you said backtrack 20 seconds ago is or it's more like two minutes, but um, you said where does the client want to be over the next three to five years? And so 
by having that forward thinking methodology, you know, you're, you're giving them an effective growth plan that says, okay, this is the types of stuff that I want to offer, the, the types of environments that we want to behave in in order to achieve the success that you want. Because I think, I think that to have long-standing relationships with clients, you can't just service them where they are. You have to service them where they want to be type of thing, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. It's the Wayne, it's the, uh, Wayne Gretzky quote, yep, right? Yep. You, you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta be where the puck's going to be. And that's yep. how you score the goals, right? Essentially. And yep. so you can't just be there. You gotta be in the future thinking. And if you're not in your client's headspace of mm-hmm. where they're going to be, it's really hard to serve them. How do you know what they're going to be doing? And are you the right fit? Yeah. I mean, there are clients that three to five years from now, if they say X, Y, or Z, we're not the right fit. Yeah. And we're totally upfront with that. I'd rather right. know that now For while sure. we're talking on the front end yeah, than no find kidding. it out after two years. That doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Um, it also kind of reminds me of like dress for the job you want type yeah. of thing. Um, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I think I'm unhireable by any business because I'm such a punk or whatever. And I dress like one too, but definitely a punk. <laughs> definitely a punk. Uh, that was one of the things um, when Chris and I sat down for our business. I said, I said one of the values that I want to be founded on, I want people to be themselves. And I want them to look presentable and nice so that I would never be embarrassed to bring them anywhere. But, but you know, we're a professional blue, uh, white, or what, what is it called? White collar type of business. And um, we, you know, I don't care if people wear jeans. I'm comfortable in jeans, dude. Like, you know, I don't want them to look like rock stars on the scene or anything like that. Well, I might, I might could be convinced, though, you know, as long as they look really cool. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's all about having the, the right uh, place to put forward with that stuff. Um, how do you? So you you said you kind of hire people based on the based on the need, and you find the expert. Um, has your business done any pivoting? Um, I mean, I'm sure it's changed drastically over the last 20 years you've been in business. But um, what what I'm speaking of specifically is, you know, have you ever taken a person? Um, and gosh, you're in accounting, so you know this a billion <laughs> times better than I ever will. But you know, have you ever taken a person, say, from like the merchant services? offerings to like bookkeeping and so on and so forth with that. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, we just uh, uh, saw a guy yesterday in our Charlotte office who I hadn't seen in uh, probably eight weeks because um, he's been working remote, and, mm-hmm. which is fine. And um, he switched actually from our audit team, uh, you know, audited financials, going out to clients, helping them certify their books to our forensic and fraud team uh, since October. So um, he's really excited because it's something he's always been passionate about, young guy. Um, and you know, you're a lot younger than me anyway, and, uh, <laughs> might not be younger than you guys, but a lot younger than me. And he, so you're 30, so he's like 28. <laughs> I understand. Okay. Got you. Got you. And he's, he's really excited about what he's working on. I mm-hmm. mean, he came into my office and was talking to me about, um, who do I know in these certain sectors of bankers? Who do I know in these certain sectors of attorneys? Cause now he's, now he's focused on how can he develop new business in the Charlotte market related to, uh, that particular niche in our fraud and forensic. And so we do that fairly regularly. Regularly, I would say, I mean, it's not an everyday occurrence, but it's, you know, probably 15, 20 people a year on our, mm-hmm. on our business who decide they want to do something else and good employees are tough to get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather, we would all rather have them change within our organization sure. and find whatever their next is rather than go find it somewhere else. hundred percent. hundred percent. So I have, I have a question that might be a little hard. Um, might be a little hard to answer. I don't. I, no hard questions today. <laughs> no hard questions. Well, well. You <laughs> can I plead the, the, can I plead the fifth in this? Are, yes, you absolutely okay. can. There's already, no whiskey in our coffee. You already signed the waiver. You already signed the. Waiver. Oh, yeah. It's too late um, now. Look, the the, the the backdrop's there, dude. You got to answer this. <laughs> so, do you think your company could have gotten to the success it was it is now without acquiring? Yeah, it's a good question. So just uh, background for your listeners, did a lot of acquisitions from 2004 to 19, 15 of them in 15 years. I, I wow. think um, 
I think for us, the way it would have been possible, depending on your definition of success, we could not have gotten there as fast as we did. We couldn't have gotten um, the team members probably as excited to stick around for a slower growth. Because if you look at professional services, generally, once you get to some size, um, you know, the growth is typically eight to 15% max. Mm -hmm. And if you're talking about, you know, a 15 person, 20 person organization, that might not excite the young 25 year old who's looking for a growth path. What was exciting for our team and has been continuously is that they know that whatever size we are today and whatever their, their current trajectory is as a career path, it can change pretty rapidly because we're focused on opportunity creation for everybody. And so I think we probably couldn't have recruited the talent we probably couldn't have retained as much as we did, and we definitely wouldn't have gotten there as fast. Could we have gotten there? Yes, but it would have probably been an extra decade. Yeah. Gotcha. That makes Speed. a lot of sense because one of the things I think of immediately is like to get there now, like I just think of our company, like we, mm -hmm. keep, we keep adding different verticals. And like every time we add a different vertical, we technically have to train up a couple people, create a manager of that, mm -hmm. and, then, and then hire better and better and better people and more people every time to grow that one vertical, right? Mm -hmm. So just to do that one thing could take us three or four years mm -hmm. where we could just buy it. Yep. An mm -hmm. already existing, already built set. But we're awesome at doing podcasts now. So that's <laughs> <a good>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that makes a lot of sense to me. That yeah. makes a lot of sense to me. I appreciate that. Yeah. Christian, you know, it, it, it's uh, one of the things about us, and Christian will tell you this as well, is that, see, I'm talking smack in front of your face, mm -hmm. is that uh, him and I are very different people. You know, he's very uh, risk prone. Um, both physically, he breaks something every other week, it seems like. <laughs> pipes most recently. Yeah, yeah, pipes. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I, I'm kind of risk averse. So, so I think it, it leads us to make good decisions um, when it comes time to, to taking a, a step with that. Um, what, what does that look like for you? So you did 15 businesses over 15 years. Now, um, you don't have to answer. You don't have to answer this, but I would love for you to. 15 years, 15 businesses. Um, were, were any of those just super gems or super duds or were they all just, was it 15 awesome steps for you? It was definitely not 15 awesome steps. Okay. Um, the first, uh, four we did mm -hmm. between 2004 and 2006 to get to some scale, we went from my wife and I working out of our house to in June, that was, uh, August of 04 to June of 06. We, we went from zero to 15 people. Um, and those were all amazing. Mm -hmm. And then we did one in uh, later in 06 that was a dud. Mm -hmm. um, we relied on past history to tell us that these are the sorts of things we needed to do to make sure we were comfortable. And those things all checked out. We didn't do some other things. So mm -hmm. what the things we didn't do is we didn't focus on some of the culture. We didn't focus on some of the quality of the work. And those things um, turned out to be a learning experience. I mean, we certainly wow. changed our, we went through a lot of pain in 07. And, and we then changed our process by the time we went back to the table um, in 2009 for our next transaction. Uh, we changed what we did and we spent way more time, which is why um, my book starts with culture, because it was a learning lesson on mergers and acquisitions and that I needed to be more focused on culture. And so we did that throughout. Um, so that was an absolute like, you know, pain point learning sure. experience. But fortunately, we were small enough that it didn't, you know. Yeah. It didn't like cause us so much pain that we're not in business. It just caused us a lot of mental angst and yeah. a lot of extra work. Do you find that when you when you buy a company, you leave it as it is, or you pull it in and force it into your culture? So we we spend time up front making sure that the cultures will be similar enough 
that it won't be either of those things. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we so we don't want to we don't want to leave anybody on their own, mm -hmm. and we don't want to force the culture. Mm -hmm. So it's got to be pretty closely aligned. And I'll give you an example. I was going to say, can you provide? Yeah, yeah, I'll give you an example. So we have this sounds crazy. We have thirty one fundamentals wow. in our business, okay. and we practice them every. Well, week. for accountants, that's like three. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> thirty one. Yeah, we practice them every week. Okay, so what is wow. what does practice looks like? Well, on Monday, an email goes out to everybody at the. Uh, organization from somebody who wrote about that week's fundamental. Okay. So last week's wow. was be relentless about improvement. Then on Wednesday, every week, everybody gets a quiz with, uh, with, uh, you know, we, we outsource this on a creation of uh, an example with an ABCD answer. We track who fills it out and who doesn't. And our leadership team, part of their compensation is whether they get the answer or not. Wow. And uh, do every single Wednesday, 52 weeks. Do they, so we do, so we do, do they like know that the people? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so you have to practice it at the start of every meeting internally that has at least three people in it. You must cover the fundamental of the week for at least two minutes. Hmm. Wow. So we'll talk about, uh, I personally, we'll talk about be relentless about improvement during that week, probably 15 times in meetings. So it's really easy to understand. So the real life example, so that tells you how we play it out. Right. Yeah. Um, so the, Real life example, um, we merged in a firm in Nashville in uh, 2020, and we went to their office in January of 20, myself, uh, Richard Kopelman, and uh, a guy by the name of Brad McKeever. Uh, and we went to their office in Nashville, we flew in, and Richard uh, sat down and shared this fold out of our fundamentals. And they weren't really that interested. They tell us this now. They weren't really that interested in, <laughs> they in the merger. They didn't tell us in 2020. <laughs> right. In the merger, they, they took the meeting because we're friends. Yeah. They weren't really that interested. When we put down the fundamentals, the entire conversation changed. They thought we, we would only wow. spend like an hour together and whatever. But since we started with that and we talked about culture for the first hour, they changed because they're really big on culture, which we didn't really know either. Mm -hmm. We just knew that if they wanted to be a part of us, they had to understand what mm -hmm. was sort of, you know, key and core to us. Mm -hmm. And it changed. And by the end of the meeting, they were they were in. They knew that incredible. this was they, that what we believed in and how we practiced, not the exact same, but mm -hmm. it was so similar that they were like, oh, these guys are also different and they also get you know, how important the culture is and the things you're trying to do. And so that's a real life example of that. That's that incredible. Um, and 30, 31 fundamentals, um, th this, this may sound like a somewhat invasive question, but do you, do you feel like there's a reason I'm asking this too? And I'll, I'll tell you what that reason is after, but, um, do you feel like any of your fundamentals, if let's say a business consultant came in and they looked at Aprio from the top to the bottom, do you feel like any of those 31 are, are silly or something that like, that like is important to you, but it might not be important to anybody else. Or um, you think they're all like strong core values type thing. I think they're like best practice business. Wow. Like, for instance, number thirty one is keep things fun. Okay. Uh, be relentless and proud improvement. I mean, you know, things that are really core mm -hmm. to like running a good business. We didn't like you know create something that was so unique that it was unbelievable. I think what's in our special sauce is how we execute helping people remember that those 31. So uh, another uh, great example, we one of our fundamentals is speak straight. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to have a difficult conversation in April. Wow. I mean, that makes because sense. Because you say, hey, I'm going to speak straight here. 
Yeah. And everybody knows that that's one of our fundamentals. Yeah. So the fact that I'm going to tell you something that you may not have heard, there's no beating around the bush. There's none of that. We can just say we're going to speak straight. And we all agree that that's part of our fundamentals and that's who we are. And so it's really easy to have a difficult conversation. That, that makes a lot of sense. At BMSG, we say that in a slightly different way, uh, more marketing related, but we say no bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, but that's, that's what it is. Um, so the reason that I asked that is because when, when we first got into business, um, I came up with all these with all these visions and things, and and um, of course Christian did as well. Christian's what I would call an early adopter on things, and I'm I'm like a I'm not a late adopter. I wouldn't say he might say that, but definitely um, adopter. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it takes me a while to buy into things. I'll just yeah. put it that way. It takes him like a second. Um, if you listen to past podcasts, he's like all about. Um, virtual reality. And I definitely it drives have, me. I definitely have an automation question for you later. Drives yeah. me insane. But um, the reason I asked that is because we, when we went into business, one of the fund, fundamentals of our business is that I wanted to be as paperless as possible. And and to me, that that feels silly. It sounds silly, but I mean, gosh, all the contracts that we've had and and things that we've written, we've easily saved a hundred thousand sheets of paper if not more yeah and the only know? the only people who have ever made us print off anything is the government is the government <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we work on government contracts and we have to send in and yeah. so we're probably not saving the earth that's all right any, if it makes but... you feel any better the irs still faxes us stuff so yeah oh, we're, the, we're probably one of the few businesses in the country that still has a fax <laughs> machine that we have yeah. to because of the, the irs the big yeah. green new deal should be stop yeah. making us print seven copies of a 60 page <laughs> yeah RFP so document. yeah so when i i just turned he's exactly right when i turn in an rfp uh uh beginning of December, I had to send seven copies and it was a 60 page document. And so when I tell you that that, that, that mail thing was like that, I mean, and I hated it. I hated doing it. But you know, when, when I'm, when I'm coming from school and it was just so unnecessary where I could just, we could do it electronically. Um, but one of the, one of our, if it makes you feel, if it makes you feel any better, they're not doing it uh, via paper anymore in school. Well, that that does that does make me feel better. It does make me feel better. That tells um, you how old he is, by the way. If you, for, the, for those of you listeners, <laughs> Rude. I, I saw I saw a meme the other day. It had it had the five computers, and it said, yep. "Which one do you remember in school?" Mm-hmm. And it was all the way back Show to like your the, age. the box. Show your age. Yep. And then yep. he's like, "We didn't have computers." Yep. Yep. Um, yep. But one of, one of the things that that has then led to is that if there's like a new software or um, gosh, I think last we checked, we use like 50 different software legitimately, and if there's like a new software. One of our core values, fundamentals, is that we're going to give it a shot. In fact, I just sent you one yesterday, by the way, mm-hmm. which I'm sure he hasn't checked. But, um, you know, I think just, he was telling me earlier that you automatically go to spam. I'm not sure. <laughs> yes, I, I might think, as well. I think he said he's got I might a as well. Outlook. Uh, no, I know. made his, I made him a personal trash folder. <laughs> yeah, it's it's basically what it is. If you look in his in his email, you have like a Reese folder, and there's like. There's legitimately like six years of business, like eight thousand emails in there that are unread, and I just if I want to hear anything from you, I'll call you, man. Yeah, and that, and that's what drives me nuts. Let's just talk about that for a second. So I was I was preparing some email templates for him, and um, this was when he was dealing with the pipe bust issue or whatever, and I emailed them over. And I texted them about it, and I said, hey, those are in your inbox. And then I called him about it later. I said, hey, just so you know, those email templates are in your box. And what did he do yesterday? He calls me about it. He's like, hey, man, where'd you put those? And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to kill you. Well, I'm I mean, just, if, you, if you had you access know? to my email, would you not just load them in my template base? It makes a lot more sense. <laughs> I mean, you know? like, that is, oh, it is what it is. It's the day in the life of Christian. So what's your automation question, by oh, the way? Oh, the I'm automation question. About this. So, uh, this is what it's like every day Most accountants can't answer this question, but yeah. since you have so much kind of like... <laughs> It's going to be good. I, I yeah, like the way yeah. the setup's yeah, going. Yeah, this setup's excellent. Yeah, no, no, but I really think you're the, probably the only one that can answer it, really, um, because you have so many different things tied together. Yeah. What do you feel about – how do you feel about automation in the accounting world? Like, I feel like it's one of the last business services that hasn't really been automated 
very well. Everything's input manually, I mean, like consolidation, times. bookkeeping, stuff like but that. But your company seems to have a lot of different things all tied and integrated to the accounting system. Do you see that process for companies like yours? Do you feel that process getting more and more automated every day? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're doing a ton on automation and, and we're doing it with clients too. Mm -hmm. We do, um, you know, so for instance, as an example, in our dental segment, so we have a segment that all these people do is work on, mm -hmm. you know, dental clients. Uh, we've got about 50 people in that division. Oh, wow. And wow. Um, we're one of the, we're the third largest provider, I believe, in the U.S. Uh, for dental services. And so, as an example, we have found a way to help automate for the, for the dentists uh, a combination of their practice management software, which is key to them, a combination mm -hmm. of their bank account and QuickBooks online only. And pull that all into a real-time dashboard that ends up on their phone. Wow. That's As an incredible. example, right? Yeah. And so it's the same with pulling their bank account transactions into QuickBooks coding. Let's call it 95% um, of what their transactions are are coded automatically, real-time basis. So, yes, it is definitely now. That's at size and scale. Mm -hmm. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? We don't have that. We don't. We don't have that for every single one of our segments. But our dentists have very specific needs, and more than most of our other segments, they're really focused on KPIs in real time, um, which is kind of fascinating. And it is fascinating. They do a lot. I wouldn't of, have expected that. You know, dentists do a lot of study groups in mm -hmm. college, right? And in and in med school, and then they continue it mm -hmm. all the way through. So, like, if you look at dentist, if you look at your regular dentist, yep. I pr I would bet. They go to a monthly meeting with eight or ten of their buddies and boys or girls. And Generally they, at the golf course, but yes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, over lunch, really. Yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. they do like a two-hour meeting on, uh, on a Friday usually because a lot of dentists are closed on Fridays. And they yep. spend time going over their metrics and what they're seeing. And, and they really do a good job. They don't see each other as competitors. More, more business models should mm -hmm. actually follow that because too many of us think – Everybody is a competitor. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so anyway, so that size and scale, it makes a lot of sense to automate. Uh, it's really challenging for one business to do it on their own, but it, it's a lot easier so for us. So on the scarier side, that might be a dumb question. Does the, do you think the government's ever going to try to automate all the way down to companies like yourself? I mean, I, I certainly um, I certainly think they should. It's done in a lot of foreign countries, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I've, I've always thought it could be done. It's done. So like individual tax returns, as an example, mm -hmm. in a lot of foreign countries, they file the government files them on your behalf. That's wow. That's what I thought. Maybe not on the business side, but on the individual side, because they already have a lot of the data. They're already getting copies of your W-2s, your 1099s, yeah, sure. your mortgage interest statement, right? So they already have lots of the data already because the provider's sending it. Um, so, you know... Unfortunately, though, you know, the current state of our government yeah. for a long time is a lot of gridlock. And so yep. it, mm -hmm. it's really hard to do that. If you look, I mean, I just told you the IRS is still faxing us information. Yes. <laughs> I mean, how, can you imagine trying to automate something? I mean, it's, yeah. it seems yeah. almost impossible. And they failed, at, to, uh, they failed at the post office, too, which is how do you lose money when private companies make so much money doing it? It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's insane. <laughs> I mean, there's so much, and we certainly don't, probably shouldn't, because, you know, we're probably going to get our phones tracked or something from this conversation. <laughs> but um, it, it's amazing how many things I feel like could be improved upon on, on a grand scale. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. Um, so very good. John, I feel like I could talk to you for the next, like, three hours. But alas, it is our time to go. Um, I always end up business legends uh, with a funny question. I got one today. This is this is normally where I where I stall, by the way. Um, but given our conversation previous, what do you think the absolute coolest car that somebody in the marketing profession could have is? 
Ooh. The coolest car yeah. in the marketing profession. Yeah. If you're in the marketing profession, so if you're and and let and let's let's extend this, and I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna buy yeah. you some time here, right? So let's say it's a it's a business expense company car up to we'll call it a hundred thousand dollars, including yeah. including wildness and things like that. And I'll tell you why after the show. That yeah, I'm, so I'm I think this. I think if you're looking for marketing, um, I think the the, the Rivian, the new uh, oh yeah, the, the new, new electric EVs truck. are yeah. interesting as a business model. And if for you're sure. a marketing person, certainly it stands out, right? Yeah. If you're trying to stand out and look unique, it's going to look unique because I think they're going to go bankrupt. Um, and so you'll probably have one of the you know only ten thousand that exist. Yeah. Um, I think something like that that's really unique. Yeah. Um, so you don't have stock in them i'm assuming i do not <laughs> you I want to not. short it yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah because uh you look at fisker fisker is another company that's okay um well anyway i'll tell you on air uh why i asked that uh, clifford blank was set which is a great friend of ours um he uh he'll be on the show i think two two one or something i don't know one of them days in the next month we'll just put it that way and uh he drives this giant jacked up it's like a it's like a jeep that's cooler than a jeep but it's it's called the apocalypse and it has like a foghorn and it had like the the rear end of it has like what do you say eight wheels or whatever you have to look this up but we've been we've been uh tossing the idea back and forth of how cool would it be to have like a have like a wild car yeah he has like, like a, it has a train horn on it yeah <laughs> like literally you know? a train horn like yeah. he pushes a button and it fills a bag with air yeah it takes like 10 seconds and then he makes sure nobody's around because it's actually like yeah it's it could by like somebody who's like a little little older oh yeah. my gosh and then he yeah. blows the horn and i'm just like yeah, like blown. That's yeah. awesome. By the way, the correct answer was Jeep, so you got that wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question. Accounting, what's the coolest car? Uh, anything electric beca okay. uh, because of just some of the tax credits. So you got <laughs> you know, you got it. You, got, you can't just you can't just tell clients to do it. You got to yeah. go get you got to go get the electric vehicles to get okay. your own tax credits. So gotcha. you got to you got to put your money where your mouth is. That was a great answer. <laughs> John, thank you so much for joining us this, mor uh, this morning. And, uh, man, I'm sure we'll see you soon. It's great. Thanks yeah. for having me, guys. I really yeah. appreciate it. Absolutely. It's been great.